Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Y'all know what time it is. Time for a much less detailed podcast. Here with you live on a Friday night, December the 1st, 2017. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Yes, we are in December, last month of the football's regular season. We are winding it down, getting ready for, trying to get ready for the playoffs. Some of these teams fighting for spots. A lot of these teams are in prime position to lock up divisions, lock up playoff spots this weekend. And, Jason, we got off to a rough start Thursday night for this week as the Washington Redskins go down hard to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, two five and six teams grinding it out, trying to stay relevant. What did you take away from that game? Well, I, 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 uh, I'm speechless about that game because nothing indicated at all that that was going to happen. I mean, we saw the we saw the – Dallas Cowboys completely fall apart in the absence of Ezekiel Elliott and Sean Lee and you know, their offensive line had kind of gone to crap and the Redskins had moved the ball like we thought would be effectively enough. And they still did. But as we talked about and have pointed out many times about Kirk Cousins on previous shows, he just seems to find a way that he's just not able to, to, to complete the deal or, or or lead his team and rally his team when they it's like every time they need him the most, he comes up small, and he he did it again, and you know he's gonna get he's gonna get big money because he looked at that offense yesterday for the Redskins and they moved the ball, but it was all empty yards, you know, and, and then when they actually needed to convert into points, and that was a game that was definitely a competitive game and competitive matchup well into the third quarter, there was still a chance. For the Redskins, you know, even down, you know, only 17-7, and they'd get the ball to midfield, and things would fall apart. Um, yeah, that that whole first drive down the field, Redskins marched down after, you know, they traded a few punts back and forth. Redskins kind of got the upper hand on the field position. They drive down, and Cousins throws a pick in the red zone. And you just kind of had a feeling that it was going to be like that pretty much the whole game. You like that? No, we didn't like that. Fuck you. Yeah, I'll tell you who did like it. The Cowboys. He looked like he was playing for them. Man. Tough, tough loss because I didn't think Dallas played all that great. If you, of course, you hear the the talking heads in the media today. It's like, oh, the Cowboys are back. No, the Cowboys were the beneficiaries of the Redskins pretty much going, here you go, guys. We don't want to win this one. I don't know who's worse. Sometimes the media slurping the Cowboys or the Cowboys fans. Oh my God, I had to hear it all day today. To how about them Cowboys? Oh, shut up. You're six and six. Shut up. Uh, God, that was so. 
it was frustrating uh, because uh, of losing a pig, which I always hate, and we both lost it. It was frustrating because, as you said, it didn't seem like the Cowboys were blowing them out. It felt like the Redskins were in it, even though they were down 17 to nothing, because they weren't playing that much worse than the Cowboys. They just happened to be giving the ball to the Cowboys all the time. And this time it's not all on Kirk Cousins. Jamison Crowder just gifting balls left and right, whether it's off his fingertips uh, for the interception or on special teams whatever the case may be. And that's really frustrating because he had been playing so well the last few weeks, but that's the frustrating part is that once Dallas gets the lead, now they can do what they actually do best, which is run block and just mow down people. And you saw them just open holes all over the place in the second half for Alfred Morris. And they don't get a chance to do that and take the pressure off of Dak Prescott, who's clearly feeling the pressure and not playing like he is supposed to be playing. Excuse me. Uh, they get to do that because of the turnovers and giving the Cowboys a lead and giving them a chance to build a lead. And uh, your uh, washing machine keeper goes off. That was the most festive washing machine, I tell you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but but that's what was really was so mad about is that I, I think we both feel similar is that Washington wasn't necessarily the much worse team last night. They just kept making the mistakes that gave the Cowboys a chance to capitalize and rely on their run game to to sew it up at the end, which they would love to be able to do all the time. Yeah, it becomes that pick that you hate the most. The ones you hate losing are the ones where you lose the pick, but you still kind of feel like you were right. Those are the dangerous mm-hmm. ones. We're like, you know what? Yeah, we, we, we had the Redskins and we lost, but damn it, I have a feeling if they played that game, you know, 10 times, the Redskins would probably win it eight. And and we just happened to get caught by the one where Kirk Cousins decided to get loose with the football and Jameson Crowder got loose with the football and the Redskins. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of empty yards that, that did Dallas defense didn't suddenly improve. The Redskins were still doing what we expected them to do, but you looked up at the scoreboard and they're getting blown out at the end, even though you never really felt like you were watching a blowout. So it's kind of fruitless, the the win to go to 6-6 six and six for the Cowboys if they cannot overcome the NFC South triumvirate of New Orleans, right. Carolina, and Atlanta. So plain and simple, do you see the Cowboys overcoming any of those three teams in the next five weeks? And I, and I do believe we've left out the Cowboys. Uh, I believe the Falcons have a win over them too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was my question was, do you see it's the, the win for the Cowboys is fruitless if they can't overcome any of those three teams yeah. in the in the playoff race. So, yeah, and like I said, like, I, no, because I pointed out on a few a, a few shows, the last few shows, I've been talking about this sort of roadblock that the Falcons have over that last playoff spot um, just because of the fact that they're going to force every single team that is in contention for that playoff spot to not only have a record as good as them, but a game better because the Falcons have, you know, the Cowboys, the lions, the Packers and the Seahawks all um, have wins over them all. Uh, that's, right. that's hard. That's hard to do. And you see, so you've got basically all the teams that are chasing that wild card spot. And one team going, no, 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 you know, and you, you guys want to get in here. Not only do you have to be as good as us, you have to be better than us. And uh, that's going to be a tough spot. 
you know, they're, they're, I think Seattle just on the virtue of the fact that they've already got that seventh win could potentially get hot late like they like they can do very often. But I think it's going to be really hard for the Cowboys, the Packers, the Lions, any of those types of teams, if they have any playoff aspirations, they're probably going to have to come damn close to winning out. Because you got to figure yeah. they got to get to 10, right? You, you, you almost have to figure they need 10 to, to sort of yeah, jump ahead, considering they're imagine. facing teams with seven and eight wins already. Right. I, I can't imagine so, the either one of the Panthers, Falcons, or Saints collapsing enough to, to let the Cowboys into uh, to the playoff picture. No, the only thing that helps those teams is that that NFC South still has to play itself a lot. But those te- like a lot of those teams have quality wins over those teams that they're chasing, especially Atlanta, who, who really does, even though they're in that third place um, spot right now in that division and six in that sixth seed does kind of hold all the cards. You know, if they, if they get to 10, they virtually make it impossible for any of those other teams to, to get in. Only the Seahawks, I believe, have a chance at 11. We'll see how it all breaks down as the uh, season goes on. How's my connection tonight? Am I still breaking up? Better than the last show. Okay. I went back. Oh, I listened. Okay. I listened to the. I listened to the last show, and it was. It really got. It was inconsistent. You were like crisp for a while, and you broke up for a while, and in the after show, you had a few instances where it, it just just didn't like you at all. Mm-hmm. I finally emptied the entire D drive on my computer. The, the oh. recovery. Drive. So that's not going to be the issue anymore. If I'm still breaking up, it's something else. Uh, Like I said, it may be the the cord to the hardwire might be old and maybe needs to be replaced. That might be my next step, but it it won't be the the drive being filled up and and chopping me up anymore. That's not an excuse. That's that's (laughs) could just be your internet provider. I'll tell you, we have uh, have, yeah, we have uh, Charter Spectrum and. They just go out randomly, like all the time. Oh, that's so frustrating. Um, I, I have this Xfinity. They're supposed to be really good. I thought uh, maybe not. Maybe uh, it's not as quality as I was hoping it is. But I don't so know. far, we'll so see. good. We got. One. I mean, you, you we're back in. You don't ever chop we're up back. now. Oh well, okay. Ever, yeah, ever since you changed uh, computers and changed out, you, you don't have the alien voice thing anymore, and you don't ever chop up. You come through nice and clear all the time. So I, I want what you have, man. I'm as envious yeah. uh, as always. The, the white man has what I want. I want what you have, man. Come on. <laughs> well, I only have it because my old computer completely took a shit on me. Right. Well, that's you what know, it takes. Sometimes. I had to buy a new computer. You know. Yeah. And uh, I, I I didn't necessarily upgrade. Um, the internet in my house, but I got some, uh, I got a, uh, a power line adapter, which really did a miracle of technology where, you know, turns your internet line, which actually goes into my living room and turns your internet line. And basically the the power lines in your house, it turns them into basically computer hard lines almost. So where I have my computer, I've got that hooked up to one of them and I'm just as fast as I am if I'd be hooked up directly into my modem this way. So miracles of technology, I tell you. We're going to have to discuss these miracles and, and help me get a little more consistent because this <laughs> nice, yeah. beautiful microphone isn't doing any good if, if my voice is always chopping up and, and that doesn't really yeah. help me, you know? 
Yeah, and I and I kind of and I've kind of been going back and forth between being on the headset and being on the open mic uh, on the on the desktop mic tonight. I'm on the headset. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm I'm just I'm too tired to lean forward and talk into the mic. <laughs> I, I've had a I've had a really I've had a really long week. I hear you. We may understand. So I finally finally have a day off tomorrow, and that's why we're doing the show tonight. Thought I was going to be okay doing it tomorrow night, and then my wife's like, you know. You have a Saturday off. Let's let's let's. Why don't we go out? We'll do some. We made some plans. We're going out tomorrow night. So you were gracious enough to have us do the show tonight. So I know. I'm sure. I'm sure you're ill prepared, unless you've crammed. Uh, it's not even ill prepared. Is that there's 15 more games this week yeah. to get to, and I what I have to do is stop myself from spewing all the information that I've crammed because otherwise we'll yeah. completely run out of time. And so that that's my big yeah. thing is trying to be concise with my words. I'm yeah. still working on that. And that's, and that's the thing I was just about to say before we got into this is boy, we always are in for a rude awakening when we end the bye weeks because instead of 12 mm-hmm. games or 11, now we have to talk about 15 games in basically 45 minutes. We we I just got to be smarter. It's, some of these games don't deserve more than thirty seconds, honestly. So that that's just, oh yeah, no, I, I, gotta, no, I get you there. But you got to get the geniusness in, right? I got to try to make try to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about, which is everybody should know by now is bullshit. Uh, yeah, we never got a chance to figure out highlight games, but a couple of them are obvious. So. I think there's yeah, I think there's three obvious highlight games this week. I don't know if you disagree with me, but Minnesota, Atlanta. Um, Carolina, New Orleans, and Philly, Seattle, uh, probably jump off as the most likely ones. I don't know if you had like a dark horse pick there. Or... That's fine by me. Uh, depending on how you feel about the Bills, some would say New England and Buffalo, but uh, uh, no, that was Brady twenty-seven and three or twenty-six <laughs> and three lifetime against the Bills. <sighs> yeah. That doesn't mean we're picking them, but uh, I just don't know if that's highlight material there. No, we'll go with three. We probably need the, the time anyway to get into the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, right. yeah. So you're definitely on board with those three, though. So it wasn't like oh, yeah. you wanted to take one of those three out and put in the Patriots and the Bills. No, 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 no. Those three are definitely okay. the ones. Although, you know, some would say Seattle is kind of flagging and maybe they're something to worry about as well. But that's something we can get into uh, for that pick uh, as as we get closer to, to sure. that particular pick. Uh, we have a guest on the line quickly before we get to our picks. Area code 248. You're on In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Please state your name, where you're from, and what's on your mind tonight. Oh, how you doing? This is a this is a star child from uh, the Motor City. Star this, child uh, in Motown. All right. Yeah, yeah. The days of Parliament Funkadelics in the 1970s. But I, you know, I just had, decided to call in and talk a little sports to see. I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a New York uh, sports show. So I don't know if you just talk exclusively about uh, about the Giants or New York teams. Now, that'll uh, that that guest number will fool you because that's a New York number, but it's actually not a New York show. We we're talking about all NFL. We we span the whole country. We don't have any uh, discriminations at all. 
I'm from uh, Memphis, and my co-host Jason is up there in Wisconsin. So we we got everything. Oh, okay, man. okay, Memphis. I I I have a few folks in Orange Mountain, uh, in, okay. in Memphis. So yeah, I spent a little time Bill Street, and uh, and Memphis Memphis a uh, pulled pork shoulder sandwich and hot bologna sandwich. So I'm familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear yeah, you. but uh, but anyway, I mean, you know, Memphis doesn't have well. I guess the uh, the current uh, situation of Memphis are talking about the the Grizzlies and uh, how they fired their coach and and also I, I guess you don't uh, since you don't have a, a pro sports team so I don't know if you parts of Alabama or SEC team but I know they were you know talking a lot about Eli Manning that was the main topic because you had a lot of uh, a lot of analysts coaches players giving their uh, position on the you know Eli Man Eli Manning bench. And so I'm sure a lot of folks are talking about that also. Oh, yeah. You got any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I wanted to give you all's perspective or whatever. I mean, you think the Giants made the right move? And I mean, really, personally, I'm a Steeler fan, you know, a diehard black and yellow Steeler fan. So, I mean, I can care less about Dallas, you know, the Jets. But as a <laughs> as an NFL or football, you know, uh, you know, fan or whatever, I can uh, – you know, lend my insights to what's going on and, and what the Giants are trying to do. But, you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, Eli Manning has carried, you know, the Manning name or the Manning brand has helped him a lot in his career, whether he want to recognize it or not. But, you know, I'd like to get other perspectives on it, and I can, you know, chime in and give you my, my thoughts. I didn't hear you all's perspective on that. That's all. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll, go on, I'll go on record here and say that the Giants are idiots. The coach <laughs> is trying to get fired. I, seriously, the, he's like the suicide by cop guy. He's the guy who runs out, you know, and the cops drive up. He's the guy who runs out and points the gun at him, hoping that they'll shoot him because he just knows he's done. And that's what Ben McAdoo is doing right now. It's like he's, he's, he's it's his cry for help. Like, please fire me. Look, I'm going to bench our, our two-time Super Bowl quarterback. Please, somebody well, just jump up and fire me. I, want, I mean, yeah, they're not, they're not, I mean, they don't want to know what you know Smith is going to do. Well, no, I mean, not really. We don't, we don't know what we don't know what any quarterback that hasn't played is, is going to do. I mean, you know, I mean, if that's the perspective of what Geno Smith is going to do, the thing is that I don't believe that you can throw the New York organization under the bus like that. I mean, I'm from Pittsburgh, so I mean, I'm used to having an organization and an ownership that knows football and can put out a brand, you know, for their fans and, uh, and you know they win championships. So I mean, they're at the, you know the benchmark of what ownership should be. But as far as the Maras, they've been, you know, they're one of the original owners. So, I mean, the type of product that they put on the field, I just don't think for, you know, Ben McAdoo's decision that you can throw the entire organization under the bus because they don't want, they want to cut ties with a, you know, a quarterback and have some sort of look. By the end of the day, this is a business. And I believe that Eli Manning was compensated well for, I mean, week in and week out, we all know that, you know, Eli Manning needs a, supporting cast around him and for a long time with his two you know super bowl wins the new york giants have put a team a competent team you know as management and coaching around eli manning for years throughout his career so how can you say that it looks like when he doesn't have the 
the there you go the, the cast around him though he yeah. really doesn't play well. I mean, I understand you need talent to play well, but it seemed like every time he had Odell Beckham off the field, he looked like crap, and he looked like crap before Odell got there. So I think this may have been a, a long time coming. It looks like his skills have been eroding for a while. So this may be it. It was a surprise when it happened, but it looks like it. Might have been a, a good move after all. Maybe it's time for the, the Giants to turn I mean, the you know, Exactly, exactly. And, and I agree with what you're saying is that, you know, it's obvious that they're ready to move on from, you know, Eli Manning. I think, you know, his uh, his age, his play, and his, his play has a lot to do with it. And if you're looking forward, and I'm, I'm assuming that the coaching staff, even though they're, you know, they're calling for his job, I'm assuming that he wants to be around for next year. And if you don't want to keep, uh, you know, dogging the coach and saying how terrible he is, he's trying to win. And for right now, he's saying, listen, you know, we're going to give Eli Manning a chance to, you know, test the market. The thing is he has a no trade clause in his contract. So it's going to make it easier for management to say, hey, you know, if you want to take a play, I mean, we don't want to keep you. If you have a no trade clause, we're just going to have to cut you. And, I mean, the thing is that what people are said about is that, you know, that Manning brand, ever since he came into the league with his father, he's been, like, manipulating where he's going to play, and his play doesn't warrant that. So you say, put in Geno Smith. Oh, we all know what Geno Smith is going to do. Not really. He was in New York for a minute, but he was only there for a year, but he's a, he's a young quarterback. So if you're not all in on his development, wherever he's been, people say, well, we know what Geno Smith is going to do. Well, no, not really, because last year Jared Goff looked crazy when he put a coaching staff and a team around him. Even I had my doubts about it, but now when I look on the film, I'm like, man, this boy, you know, this guy can really play football. So you can't throw Geno Smith under the bus because he's a, a young quarterback. He didn't have an organization that wanted to stand behind him. If he if they did, he'd still be in New York or trying to build a team around him. So, you know, just like you can say the same thing about what's the guy in Minnesota, uh, Case Keenum. He jumped around two teams and everybody, oh, he can't play. He's terrible. Well, you didn't give him a chance to flourish. You put him in Minnesota, and now he's playing well. So before, people would have said, oh, he's garbage. But now you put a team around him, and he looks like a decent quarterback. So, you know, that's that's my thoughts on it. Hey, uh, if Geno turns in a great performance, then we'll we'll all be eating crow on that. No problem. No problem with that. <laughs> So, we're going to get to the rest of our picks. Uh, we're back on Tuesday night, so you can call back then. Don't be a stranger. Good call, man. Thanks for your opinions. Absolutely. Peace. All right. Star child from Motown. Boy, yeah. we, we get them all. He, he, we, we don't get a lot of calls defending Geno Smith on this show. He must not know our nickname for Geno Smith. He must not. He oh, God, God. Geno Smith. Oh, God, it's Geno oh. Smith. Now, uh, yeah, you know the whole thing about Geno Smith is he's been he's been terrible everywhere he's played, but they're inserting him into a team that's terrible. I mean, the Giants' O line is shit. Their running backs are garbage. They don't have uh, Odell Beckham. He's not going in any better situation than Eli Manning. And if you're saying that you think that Geno Smith gives you a better chance to succeed than Eli Manning. Yeah, that I yeah, I think he's I, I think Ben McAdoo is just I think he's done for New York and I think New York is done with him. Uh hashtag full of quit. <laughs> and if you think that Geno Smith has a chance to turn into the next Jared Goff, then you must be equating Ben McAdoo with Sean McVay. And at the moment that seems like no, a oh, he, he, yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I just don't see it happening, especially after the last show where I said the Giants were the team that you wanted to bet against the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, we, we're definitely uh, not big believers <laughs> in the Giants, especially. No, it's a good call. Some, some passion. What is it? We get a lot of Steelers fans on this show. It, it's the country. The country just full yeah. of Cowboys and Steelers fans. That's all. That's all it is. All right. Well, now we get to do it. Now we get to do it double time here. Let's go. All right. Starting off with our first highlight game will be the Vikings versus the Falcons. Minnesota is as hot as can be at nine and two, but Atlanta at seven and four looks like they have turned it up a little bit themselves, resembling the old Falcons from last season. Uh, get right into it. Vikings are three point dogs at the Falcons. The old cop outline, Minnesota plus three at Atlanta. Jason, who you got? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings here. Uh, jumped right off the page at me today when I saw that Desmond Trufant, Atlanta's best cornerback, is not going to play, which is already going to open things up for Case Keenum and that passing offense. That's been quite successful already. Um, I think that that does not bode well for Atlanta here. They get a lot tougher test here on defense than what they've faced the last few weeks with it opening up. And yes, I know that included the Seattle Seahawks, but as we know, that's the Legion of Room. Minnesota is not going to give in as easily to the Falcons. And some of that imprecision that Matty Ice has been showing is going to come back and haunt him in a spot like this against, against the Vikings, who are basically top of the league in just about every defensive category. And they just seem to have found the magic formula with Case Keenum and those receivers and that running attack uh, with with the two guys that they have left with McKinnon and Murray. So I, I like the Vikings a lot in this game. I'm going to go way out on the limb here. Minnesota Vikings, my lock of the week. Wow. That much confidence in the Vikings. My goodness. That is a, that's a shock. The way Atlanta has been playing lately, not just because they're your team, but just because the way Atlanta has been playing lately to, to say that that's a lock is, there's a lot of confidence in Case Keenum and the Vikings, my friend. They're looking good. I think the Vikings – I know the Eagles have the best record, but I really do think the Vikings are going to – they could do some damage here come January if they keep playing the way they're playing. Devontae Freeman should be back up from concussion for the Falcons. You mentioned the Desmond Trufant injury that he will be down. That is indeed a, a big, big mark against the Falcons when you're trying to defend what the Vikings have been doing with – Case Keenum and before him, Sam Bradford, which is sort of a no-holds-barred, always-going-forward offense. They do not take a step back, and the Falcons' uh, pass rush has been spotty at best this year, uh, so I don't know if they're going to be able to make them take a step back. I came into this pick just a couple of hours ago completely open and completely split down the middle. I did. I wasn't even leaning one way or another, Minnesota or Atlanta. So this is a very, very difficult pick for me, which is partially why I say I'm shocked that you locked it in, that you have that much confidence. I had no idea which way I was going. I'm basically breaking it down to which team is going to better protect their quarterback from the heat coming after them because it's going to be two quarterbacks uh, that are just riding high and – Will one of them have their bubble burst, Case Keenum or Matt Ryan? If they do, it's going to be because 
the other team got after them. So who's protecting whom better? By a, a small margin, it's the Vikings. Uh, they've allowed 12 sacks this season. Atlanta's allowed 16. So certainly not with a lot of confidence, but by that, uh, by that kind of small margin, probably about a three-point victory, um, I will agree with you and take the Vikings to win the game. Uh, but Atlanta, the way they're playing, should scare anybody. The way that offense is looking, if Julio Jones wants to go off and have another 250-yard day, who's to say that the Vikings are going to have what it takes to stop him? As you mentioned on the last show, Julio Jones is better athletically than any other defensive back that he matches up against every single Sunday. And if the, the Falcons want to trust in that and just use him and use him at the risk of wearing him out, which of course is always the risk, but uh, if they want to go to him, uh, they can ride him. They could ride Julio Jones. They can make him the MVP of the league if they wanted to go that route. But uh, they've never seemed inclined to do that. Julio will have several hot games here and there during the course of a year, but they'll also have several games where he almost feels like a decoy and it feels like they're trying to work off of him to get other guys open. Uh, so I think the Vikings have enough in their secondary to not shut down Julio Jones because nobody can do that, but to to sort of tamp down the Atlanta offense as a whole. And I think the Vikings are just going to keep moving forward with that offense. That No one seems to be able to stop them from doing what they want to do. So I will agree with you and take the Vikings. Yeah, see, based on my track record with the locks this year, by taking the Vikings as the lock, I've guaranteed my team, the Falcons, to win the game. Well, there, there, there may be that. Oh, hello. On to our whistle. second highlight game. Yeah, I, I thought it didn't catch the first time, so I did it again. I guess it did catch. Uh, on to our second highlight game, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints in that mixed-up, NFC South, and one of these teams will jump ahead and take the lead in that division. Will it be the Panthers? Will it be the Saints? They're both eight and three. Carolina is an impressive five and one on the road this year. New Orleans is four and one at home, which is also impressive. For many, it may come down to Marshawn Lattimore. We talked about him a little bit on the last uh, picks show when it was the Saints versus the Rams. And we agreed that him missing from that secondary would be a, a, a big hurt to the Saints and, and allow the Rams to do what they wanted to do. And that's what happened. And he's not ruled out of this one uh, against the Panthers. He's he's very iffy. It, it, trying to read the, the tea leaves, it really is hard to say that if he's going to definitely come back. And even if he does come back from his ankle injury, how effective will he be? Nobody seems to know for sure. On the Carolina side, it'll be uh, Greg Olson trying again to get on the field. He came back from his foot injury last week and immediately, immediately hurt his foot again. Uh, he's going to get out there and give it another try. Charles Johnson, defensive end, gets a four-game rip for performance enhancing drugs, so he will be missing that. May play a big role in trying to stop Drew Brees. Uh, this line is not a cop-out line. The Saints are still getting the love despite the beatdown that the Rams gave them last week. Carolina is five-and-a-half-point underdogs at New Orleans. It's a lot of points. It's understandable because of how inconsistent Cam Newton and the Panthers can be. And it's also understandable because of the fact that the Panthers seem to be trying things completely different from what they were trying before. Now with moving uh, Kelvin Benjamin along to Buffalo, they're going after things uh, on the ground almost exclusively. Their run offense is trending way up, and it's almost all because of Cam Newton 
and that's always dangerous when your quarterback is spurring on your your rushing offense, and their passing offense is of course trending way down because who the hell is he throwing to now? He's, he's running out of weapons. But that's what they're doing. They're running first and pass second, and they're eight and three. So it's hard to argue with the results. It just looks ugly as hell. Um, New Orleans, of course, we know what they're doing. They're running to to set up the pass, and they're having very, very big-time success with both. They're, as I talked about on the last show, they're third in running and they're second in pass. And I don't know the last time a team finished top three rushing and passing. That is some sort of prolific offense. Of course, the same problem is that defense, and when they're not playing 100%, they're completely down the tubes. They're either way up or way down and way down to the Rams. So this time you're thinking about he might be coming back, he might not, and if he comes back, how good can he be? This is a rematch of week three when the Saints went into Charlotte and beat the brakes off of the Panthers 34-13. to They beat him so bad, Cam Newton had three interceptions uh, and he got benched it, during that game. And we were wondering, is he still, is he healthy? He had some off-season stuff. Uh, did, did he come back too soon? Should he have taken the Andrew Luck way of, of coming back and maybe taking a little more time, which in Andrew Luck's case turned into way too much time and turned into the entire rest of the year. Uh, but soon after that, uh, Cam Newton did start playing uh, better football. So he might keep going on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be one of the top, matchups of the week to watch that new orleans d without Lattimore, that that was pretty sad against the rams they didn't seem to be able to cover a soul uh kenny vaccaro was caught in coverage a lot of times and kenny vaccaro doesn't ever need to be caught in coverage he can come come up and, and hit somebody in the hole but he can't cover anybody uh in, in the passing game so they want to avoid that as much as they can um and the, the thing about it is carolina the way they're doing things need a weak coverage to, to have any success in the passing game. And with the Saints, it looks like they're going to get it. The Saints were a strong cover team for a, a good stretch there, but they're not right now. And uh, I think they're just going to make a difference in favor of the Panthers. I actually like the Panthers to cover the spread. I actually like them to win this game in an upset going into New Orleans. Well, I'm definitely not going to agree with you on this one. I've got the New Orleans Saints. I think that it's one thing when we talk about Lattimore not being on the field against the Rams. It's a totally different thing when we talk about Lattimore not being on the field against a team that just can't throw the ball accurately, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton looks lost. He looked terrible against the Jets, a team that they probably should have lost to. Um, Yeah, they've got the record, but like you said, they're definitely not winning games. Uh, They're not getting points for style, that's for sure. this is you know, this is a rematch of a matchup where they got drummed at home already. The Saints coming off the loss in L.A. You know, yeah, the Rams offensively were able to do a lot of damage on that team, but the Rams have done damage to just about everybody. I mean, the only team that the Rams haven't really exploited was the Vikings, and the Vikings are one of the best defenses in the league. I think the Saints going back home, they get a little bit of the home cooking. They're in front of the home fans. The Panthers do not scare me at all offensively, plus the fact that they did end up trading their best wide receiver, which takes another weapon out of the arsenal. So the the weakness of that Saints defense 
is going to be in the passing game. And I don't know if Cam Newton is either healthy enough or accurate enough or, or what it is with him right now. It's just in a funk. I don't think that that offense is going to be able to take advantage of what the Saints could potentially give them. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you here and take the Saints, give the points. All right. That'll be a very fun one to go up against. A very fun matchup that I can't wait to see actually is uh, the, the Carolina run defense and, and Thomas wait. Davis and that's right. Uh, Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley against Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. That should be yeah. really good. Ingram and Kamara weren't what they were in week uh, in week three. They they weren't what they are now. What they are now is, is maybe the best running back tandem in football. And so that matchup is, is something to look forward to. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can shut down what's been a very prolific run game. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, it's it's going to go a long way towards deciding that division. It's going to be a mess. On Sunday night, our third highlight game, the Eagles and the Seahawks. And all you need to know about what people think of the Seattle Seahawks and the, the stumbling that they've been doing, last two home games have been losses. And, of course, the Legion of Boom turning into the Legion of Room and all the injuries back there. Philadelphia, and as, as good a team as, as we've seen at this stage of, of a season, this late in the year, they are playing, they're executing on every facet of football. The Tennessee Eagles are five-point favorites. Philly is laying five at what has been the hardest place to play as a visiting team in football for years now. Philly minus five at seven and four. Seattle, Jason, what's your pick? Yeah, you know, and it's still a hard place to play. Even if we look at the losses and even the victories that the Seahawks have had, where they, they barely beat, <clears throat> excuse me, they barely beat the Texans. That was a sort of a miracle finish. Um, they had the miracle finish with the comeback against them by the Redskins, and then they have the Blair Walsh short field goal at the end of uh, regulation there to cause the loss uh, against the Falcons. I see this playing out very similarly to those games. I'm actually going to take Seattle and the points, get maybe getting cute a little bit. I'm not sure they're going to have enough to beat the, the Eagles, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I mean, you're all over the Eagles aren't going 15 and one. This would be the perfect spot for the Eagles to go in there in prime time. And, and you get one of those Russell Wilson just won't quit kind of games this is the kind of game where he probably ends up leading the uh, Seahawks and rushing and somehow finds uh, Doug Baldwin, you know, has one of his crazy games, you know, he goes for 200 yards. Um, so there, I'll call it Russell Wilson, huge rushing game. Doug Baldwin's going to go for 200 through the air, it just crazy fashion, you know, Russell Wilson scrambling around, avoiding sacks, throws the ball up, and there's Baldwin, you know, after five seconds finally open, um, haul it in deep balls. It feels like a very, you know, the Seahawks on prime time always seem to be involved in these strange games that end up being really close, so they come down to the last snap. I don't see this being all that different. Um, just kind of got that feeling about this one, even though everything statistically says that the Eagles are superior. They've got the total package. They can run, they can throw, they can play defense. They're weird things. Weird shit always happens up in Seattle, especially in prime time. I will take the Seahawks. 
so so long as it's not a fail Mary again. We don't ever need to see anything oh. weird like that again. <laughs> that was one that they won that they didn't. <laughs> they lost, but they won. But they yeah. lost, but they. Won. Everyone knows they lost, but they they won. <clears throat> kind of wink, wink. I concur. Seattle, that that organization, especially under Pete Carroll, extremely prideful, maybe to a, a fault. Um, they really are wounded right now with, with the way they've been playing. And I just imagine that there's been a lot of soul searching and, and a lot of sort of come to Jesus meetings amongst those guys. And they got to be looking their mortality as a, as a sort of dynasty. They got to be staring it in the face right now, the way they're playing, the way they're leaders on defense have been falling to the, due to injury. Uh, Camp Chancellor will not be back for this game. He's not on IR like Richard Sherman is, but he's still trying to make his way back. He's not going to be up for this one, but their their kid, cornerback Shaq Griffin, should return. Uh, but they got to be looking at each other going, look, this is, this is it, man. We are about to go down if we don't get it together, and here comes the, the new hot shit. Here comes the 10-1 Eagles, and everyone's talking about how great they are. Let's show them that we're still the Seahawks, and let's show them what we got. So I'm with you. I think Seattle's going to get up for this one on Sunday night. The the place is going to be obviously rocking at CenturyLink Field. They always are. Uh, and the Seahawks, the, the team's going to be up for this. Philadelphia is executing everything so crisply right now. It, I guess I still, to, a, to, a, to an effect, don't believe in them if I'm saying that they got to come down from how well they're playing. But they got to come down from how well they're playing. My God, they can't keep playing like that. If they do, they're going to be, you know, one of the best regular season teams of all time. And I just refuse to believe that they're that damn good, I guess. So they they go into Seattle and show me and prove it again. I I guess I'll have to absolutely bow down and and give them their due. Um, And and I also agree that Russ Wilson should have some dazzling runs uh, for no other reason than the Philadelphia defense should be chasing him all day because that defensive line will get after him. Uh, but he, in turn, will make some incredible escape plays and uh, get a lot of yardage and, and a lot of uh, crowd-rousing rushes out of that. So uh, I would do. I, I see it the same way. Philly, minus five, that's that's a lot of respect, and the Eagles have earned that, but Seattle at home should not be five-point underdogs to anybody. I'm sorry. No, and this also – it kind of feels – this isn't going to be Seattle winning the way that they're – used to winning which was they'd play with they do it with the defense this is take the over people you want to you want a game where you're going to see a lot of offense if seattle's going to win this game the only way they're going to do it is like 41 38 that is the only way this is going down this is going to be the all-out offensive effort from the seahawks because without it they won't win i agree with that too uh now it is time for you know, that time I hit it and waited for it and it didn't come. So I, I, I don't know what's going on. The, the board is betraying me tonight. Now for the rest of week 13 in the NFL in even more less detail. And we got 18 minutes to get 13 games. Is that right? Holy shit. Uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay in the Battle of the Bays, what used to be a, an NFC uh, Central battle for those of us old enough to remember that. Uh, four and seven Tampa gets Jameis Winston back, and they're still two point underdogs at Brett Hundley and the five and six Packers. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not buying it, even though the Packers hung around on the, the uh, 
Steelers last week. Everybody hangs around on the Steelers, especially if they suck, because the Steelers love to play down to the level of their competition. I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. I don't trust the Packers at all. I don't want to say I trust them, but I sure trust them a hell of a lot than uh, than the Buccaneers, the way they're playing right now. You talk about a beat-up team. They already got two offensive linemen, starting linemen, out for the year in Allie Marpet and DeMar Dotson. And there's just so many other star players beat up. But that injury report, it reads like a almost an all-pro team of guys that are just not going to play. They're not even that they're questionable. They're just not going to play. Uh, you know how I feel about Tampa being one of those teams that had to buy in week one. Short, short, short. I am short on the Buccaneers, and I'm backing up my words for that for that team anyway, and I will take the Packers. Brendan only has been looking decent, uh, but m- much better than when he first played. Indianapolis and Jacksonville, uh, AFC South action. Indy at three and eight are nine and a half point dogs at the seven and four Jaguars. Yeah, I'm starting to think we're getting the fade coming from the Jaguars here. The games are being way, these games are way too tight compared to where they were starting the season. And I think it's coming back to haunt them. Plus, the Colts don't get blown out by everybody. The Colts will be winning this game with probably three minutes left to go and then find a way to lose. I'll take the Jags uh, to not cover the number, that is. And you'll take the Colts with the points. Correct. Gotcha. Uh, Saxonville getting the Jack Brisket once again. They got him in week seven uh, at Indy, and they shut him out 27 to nothing with 10 sacks. And that was a game that they didn't even have uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. And we were w- wondering, well, how's Jacksonville going to do anything without Leonard Fournette running the ball for them? Well, TJ Yeldon decided to rise from the dead and rush for a buck 22 on a touchdown that day. So uh, they got Fournette back with this one. They, they can pretty much do anything they want against the Colts because that's how bad the Colts are. And I'm, I'm going to trust the Jaguars and give the nine and a half, even though Jacksonville has been very inconsistent, maybe aren't deserving of the trust, but I will give the nine and a half and take the Jags. Kansas City and the Jets, speaking of not trustworthy, Six and five, Kansas City Chiefs, six and five, and spiraling quickly, but they're not tanking like the Jets, so they're still favored. Casey gives three points at the four and seven Jets. This almost falls into value pick territory based on the precipitous fall of the Kansas City Chiefs. If this game had been played at the height of their, you know, six and one record. Uh, they'd probably be given eight or nine, just you know, like you know, you'd expect with the crazy lines this year. That I don't think that the Chiefs are that bad. I don't think they're going to New York and losing to both piece of crap New York teams. As this one hurts me, but I'm gonna take the Chiefs. I mean, if they're, I'm gonna go. Next show after the Chiefs lose this game, you can play the you can play the train going off the rails for me as I go over the cliff with the Kansas City Chiefs on this pick. But damn it, I'm taking them. Well, the whole franchise will be going over the cliff if they lose this one, right? I mean, you'll have, you you, you, you got to bench Alex Smith if they lose this game. You got to. I, I mean, it becomes harder to resist that. I heard some podcasts. I think the Pro Football Focus podcast. I listen to several, so I lose track sometimes. Somebody else brought up the idea of putting Pat Mahomes in there. I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. Well, I am crazy, but I'm not crazy for that particular thought. Um, I agree. I think Kansas City is better than this, and I think they will turn it around against the Jets because the Jets aren't all that good, and they're only giving three, no. so it should be uh, all good. I, I completely agree with that. It still hurts making that pick. It's all good? You mean like the auto sales? No, not like that. No, not oh, like the, okay. the sad 
the, the sad pasty face rapping guy that's trying to sell you cars. No, not like that, please. <laughs> Detroit and Baltimore are two six and five teams trying to stay alive and relevant in the playoff race. And you got the cop out line for this one: Lions plus three at the Ravens. Yeah, well, hey, I gotta I gotta put my money where my mouth is. I said, well, no, there's no money on this at all, but. Uh, I said that the Lions were the team I kind of liked in a sneaky way here uh, when we did our who do we like for the rest of the way. So figure I'll at least give it a try in the first week go round for that. So I will take the Lions, um, although I could be getting super cute here here because they might not win the game because they are bum slayers. But I could see this being a really ugly like 17-16 kind of game. Both teams can play a little bit of defense. You know, the Lions are pretty stiff on the back end, so they might be actually one of those teams that will stop the one good player that the Ravens have on offense to it, enough to keep it close. I'll I'll take the Lions and the points. That's right, so a good pick, and I happen to go the other way. It's It was a close call for this one, but I'm going to take the Ravens because I think they have the back end to stop the one good player for the Lions, which is their quarterback, Matthew Stafford. It's a great matchup Stafford against those DBs for Baltimore, but it's so funny to watch them play man-to-man press coverage on their receivers to just shut them down. They don't have to worry about zones. They don't have to worry about any of that. And those Lions receivers that we make fun of that can't get any separation, well, Jimmy Smith ain't going to give you any separation, so you can forget about that. So uh, I will take the Ravens and, and give the three. Smell it pushy, though, though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's, Six to three, uh, it's got written all over it. This is the <laughs> Patriots Bills game that may be a, a highlight game depending on how much you think the Bills have to offer. But New England is a nine point favorite on the road at Buffalo, so most people don't think they have much to, to offer there. And, and I'm I'm one of those people. I'm going to take the Patriots squish. Uh, almost was my lock of the week, although I do except for the fact that I feel that strongly about the Vikings. Um, going down to Atlanta. Uh, Yeah, the Patriots are going to put a number on the Bills here. Tom Brady has absolutely owned this franchise for his career. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was a nice story coming back, but that that, it's still a dumpster fire of an organization and a coaching staff right now. They are playing and they're playing. They're also playing a team that's not the collapsing Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm going to take the Patriots here. I, you know how much I can't stand the Patriots. You know how much I hate that defense. Uh, I guess I'm hoping that maybe the Buffalo Bills rally around Tyrod Taylor and rally around their organization and their coach and maybe play up to their level because the Patriots are in town and they need to play up to their level if they want to have a chance. Uh, I don't know. I got the Bills with the points. I don't feel great about it. Let's just put it that way. Chicago versus San Francisco in a game no one should feel good about because the combined records are 4-18. and 18. San Francisco with Janine Garofalo at 1-10 are cop-out line three-point dogs at the 3-8 and eight Chicago Bears. Although I do like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he is going to be a, a quality starter in the league for the San Francisco 49ers, I just don't think it's going to be in this game. I think that the Bears can play some defense, and they do, and they do match up pretty well. Where this this could be one of those Mitch Trubisky goes four for seven kind of games, and the Bears just run oh, the no. ball all all over the field, up and down the San Francisco 49ers, and just play the game a keep away. Um, and that defense for the Bears is good enough. They seem to make a lot of their big plays at home. 
Um, I could I could see a, I could see a pick six or a strip sack, you know, touchdown scoop and a score type situation. I, not a good spot for Jimmy uh, Garoppolo to make his first start. This is not a pushover team in the Bears, even though their record indicates that they are. They will be stout, um, and I, I'm going to take the Bears and give the three. Yeah, we were talking about the Bears before the season began. This is about the only thing they can do is play some some solid defenses. But they can run as well with uh, Jordan Howard. But last week the, the the Eagles just completely shut all that down. Maybe he comes back extra angry because he didn't really get any work last week. He should be nice and fresh, right? Uh, I. I Want to take a moment before picking Chicago against my better judgment to uh, once again slag on John Fox, the head coach, who is going to be fired at the end of the year. And oh, okay. it can't be a moment too soon. Uh, they cut Trey McBride, and apparently John Fox wasn't on board with that or didn't know anything about it or whatever. Because when they asked him about it, his quote was, I never heard a coach say this about his organization, quote, we don't know exactly what we're doing, unquote. That's your own oh, wow. team you're saying that about? What the fuck, man? What? Oh. You know, the, again, John Fox is a politician. He cares about himself. He doesn't care about anything but his own bottom line. Trey McBride, McBride is not a great player. He looked competent at times. So I can understand some frustration over him just getting cut. Uh, maybe there's something behind that. There may have been an argument or a fight in the hallway I was reading uh, with between him and another player. You don't throw your organization and your GM Ryan Page. You don't throw them under the bus like that. We don't know what we're doing. What? What? Who says that about their own team and their own GM? Ah, oh, cannot stand that guy. Anyway, I'm still taking the Bears. And I'm still giving the three because defense is what they're supposed to be the, the best at. The, the best coach on that staff is not the head coach. It's the defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, and I think you'll have some things drawn up for Mr. Uh, Garofalo and. A few surprises for him. At least I'm hoping so. Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans in what would have been a really good matchup uh, back when Deshaun Watson was active. Uh, actually, he made it a blowout back when he was active. So this is a rematch of a game from week four. And Houston at home won 57-14. to 14 Beyond four touchdowns from Deshaun Watson passing and another one rushing because four passing wasn't enough. Of course, this is Tom Savage, not Deshaun Watson. So, therefore, Houston is a seven-point underdog at Tennessee. If the Titans are going to get their shit together, they've really got to start winning some games and looking convincing. I don't think they've had a convincing, but they're right there still. And they're most likely destined and ticketed for the playoffs here. I, I think if we keep waiting for them to start. I think this has got to be the spot. If they can't get it done here, I'm going to start really losing a lot of faith in the Titans as a, as a force getting into December here. I'm going to take the Titans and give the points and uh, and hate it every second of the day. I know, right? They, hello, come on, Titans. We're waiting. Uh, this better be a squish uh, if they want to have any hopes of contending for, for that division title. If they want to catch the Jaguars, they got to start – playing like they're a, a better team than the Jaguars, which they right now arguably are, are certainly not. Uh, but, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, do you want to start playing better? Do you want to take out an opponent that's much weaker now? Do you want to get some revenge for, for week four? Titans, are you listening? Do you remember week four? you remember what they did to you? Embarrassed you. Bill O'Brien was not 
taking any prisoners. He was calling so many plays downfield on your ass, and he was already up 40 on you. He didn't care. And now he doesn't have his weapon. You want to remember and take some revenge? You better. You better remember that and take some fucking revenge. You better blow them out almost as bad as, as they blew you out. I, the Titans can't get to 57 points. They don't have that kind of offense. But 34 to 6, something like that? that you better do something you know, like that if you want to have making the playoffs this year. The Broncos and the Dolphins, one of those games that we better not spend more than 30 seconds on, right? Uh, Denver at 3-8 and eight with Trevor Simi back under center. They're favored. They are two-point favorites at Jay Cutler in the 4-7 and seven Dolphins. I tried really hard to want to take the Dolphins here, but this is where I agree with you on your theory. I think the, vol- the, the Dolphins are just running out of steam. And the Broncos are probably making the best choice they can going back to Trevor Simeon. He's clearly the best of the garbage pile of quarterbacks they have. So I'll take the Broncos, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Simeon wasn't completely awful last year. Uh, maybe he just needed a little breather, and maybe he'll come back and, and play better now. So I agree. I'll, I'll take the Broncos, and I will also be holding my nose. Speaking of holding your nose, the Cleveland Browns are in the house at 0-11. That smell you smell, that's the Cleveland Browns. Sorry about that. 13-and-a-half-point dogs at the 5-6 and six Los Angeles Chargers. Much like I had the Patriots minus 18 last week and ended up being 16-and-a-half, I made the pick <laughs> from this game with the Chargers at 15. So 13-and-a-half is a value pick. I'll take the Chargers. And much like last week, I'll take all the points because I think that's just a lot of points and I don't have any sense about me. Uh, again, Cleveland looks like they're in a spot where they should compete. <laughs> <laughs> you just have the brown fever so I, bad. I, I do. I do. They get Josh Gordon oh, back. They, they got Corey Coleman back oh, a couple man. weeks ago. They, so they, they, they got to put it together. They got to. One of these days. They're back in a soccer stadium. Oh. Come on. Oh yeah, They got to. Chargers are rolling right yeah. now. The LA Rams coming off of that impressive spanking of the Saints at eight and three go on the road for a divisional matchup. They are seven point favorites at the five and six Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, let's get to see what the Rams are all about here. Tough divisional opponent. They come off of a of a big win against the Saints. They go on the road. Yeah, that feels like a letdown to me. I'll take the Cardinals to keep it close. I concur for pretty much the same reasons. <laughs> oh, that was boy. when I thought you were going to have the Rams, so I, I'm a little worried now. But, yeah, that, that absolutely feels like a, a letdown spot. Uh, and, and uh, again, with the revenge factor, I guess, because uh, in week seven in London, if you might remember, yeah. Rams 33, Arizona nothing, and they broke Carson yeah. Palmer's arm. So might want to have some pride about you guys. Uh, speaking of not having pride, there's the New York Giants. There's Ben McAdoo and, and uh, oh God, Geno Smith, uh, as we talked about earlier. Oakland Raiders are at home for that one, and the Giants are nine-point underdogs at Oakland. It's not enough. Give me the Raiders. <laughs> I concur, and it shows how little I think of Geno Smith and the Giants that I concur. <laughs> that you know Oakland is – you know Oakland's without – their top two receivers, right? You know, Michael Crabtree suspended. Harder Cooper's got a concussion. And, uh, I don't know who the hell Oakland's best David Derek Carr is going to be throwing at. Receivers are going to be their defensive backs. They will get their pick in this <laughs> game, by the way. <laughs> 
Oh, their first pick of the year. I think they got it last week, finally. Yeah. Oh, okay. Finally. Well, they'll, they'll get a few more here. It's Geno Smith, for, <laughs> for Christ's sake. And Monday night, the Steelers and the Bengals in what sometimes can be a, a blood war in that divisional matchup. Steelers are minus five at the Bengals. Well, Mike Tomlin's already got the Steelers ticketed for the AFC title game, so they better not let this one get away. Otherwise, he's going to be like the laughing stock of the league. So I'm going to take the Steelers on Monday night. Always playing down their competition, but in this one, that 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 feud with the with the Bengals and uh, Vontez Burfitt, they're not going to let down in this one. They're going to be ready for the Bengals, and they're going to cover that number. I agree with that. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIT after show program. Yeah, we got a new listener in uh, in Motown, and just like Bryce from Brooklyn, he's not in Pittsburgh, but he loves him some Pittsburgh. Well, hey, you know, you live in Memphis and you're a Bears fan. I live in Wisconsin and I'm a Falcons fan. You don't have to live in the, you know, we all end up in our own places, right? Yeah, but the Steelers and the Cowboys, oh, they just drive me crazy. Their fan base is <laughs> Yeah, you know that, and we didn't really get into it a whole lot about that whole Mike Tomlin thing. I, I don't know if that was like, I don't know if he was trying to pump up his team or he was trying to pump up himself. Because he realizes that I think, that, on to that one. I think that you're on that one. Know. You think I figured that one out? That he's trying to get him. He's trying to put the pressure, I think, on himself and the coaching staff to keep that team doing stuff. Because I think they've seen what we've obviously they've seen what we've seen that they let bad teams hang around for way too long. I don't think he was saying that to pump up Ben Roethlisberger or. Antonio Brown or any or Ryan Shazier, any of these T players on that team. I think that is strictly at the coaching of the Steelers and saying our asses better be in that AFC title game or some of y'all might not have a job. Uh, maybe he's feeling some pressure for himself. Maybe he's yeah. uh, maybe he sick and tired that, of though. his team maybe, underperforming. Maybe or he just needs the pressure for that team to thrive. And by setting that out there and saying that and, and, all, and getting all the media scrutiny, now they've got something to focus on that's not just the, the, the shitty team that they're playing, that they're actually playing to something greater. But I don't think that was trying to motivate the team. And, and, and Like you said, maybe you think I'm on to something there. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's an old coach tactic. Uh, Parcells has used it. We're, we're old enough to remember these coaches that go back and – try to motivate their team through the press. Uh, maybe the best at it was Phil Jackson uh, with the Chicago Bulls. He always had some sort of well, weird message for his team through the media. Right, right. For us. Uh, by the way, uh, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati was is a rematch of, uh, of a Week 7 matchup. It's weird how the Steelers have seemed to underuse Le'Veon Bell all year. Uh, for whatever reason, but in that game, they just decided to go all in with Le'Veon Bell in Week Seven when they beat Cincinnati twenty-nine to fourteen up in Pittsburgh, and Bell ran thirty-five yeah. times in that game for one hundred and thirty-four yards. So the, go figure. Okay, I don't. I'm not sure how the schedule broke down. Was that the game following the Jacksonville game? Was that the Ben Roethlisberger? I might just not have it anymore game. 
was that week six? Because that would make total sense uh, that that would have been the game in week seven. That would have made the sense in week seven if that was the game when they just decided, let's go back to Le'Veon Bell. Because I've got a sense that that stat line that you're giving me may, fits the narrative of Roethlisberger having that dreadful game against Jacksonville. Then the Steelers going, you know, we got this guy in the backfield. We might want to use him a little too and take some of the pressure off of Ben just throwing picks all over the place. No, you missed by one week. That was week five. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Steelers are seven point favorites and lost 30 to nine. Uh, and fitting the Steelers narrative of playing up or down to their competition. They came back in week six as underdogs against the undefeated Kansas city chiefs and beat them 19 to 13 in Arrowhead. Which was an ugly, which was also an extremely ugly game where Roethlisberger right. threw some ugly picks and didn't look like he had it. So yeah, okay. So it was off by a week on which game it was, but that was a string right there in two weeks in a row where Roethlisberger played like ass. Correct, and and he has come back in, and played fact, much better in, uh, fact, in the last they, few weeks. Or they basically score what amounts to the winning touchdown on a ball that Roethlisberger threw right at a Kansas City Chiefs defender who whiffs on the ball. I'll take this. And Antonio Brown (laughs) takes it all the way to the house after, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that was the game I was actually, I remember talking about that game on our show. I was listening to that game in the car on my radio, and Mike Mayock was one of the guys calling the game. And, you know, nobody, I swear, of all the commentators in sports, Mike Mayock, will just shred people like nobody else will. He's got the reddest and of red he, asses. And he was ripping Ben Roethlisberger something fierce. That whole game that I was catching that on the radio, just calling him out left and right. Um, and, you know, and this is followed up, but, you know, this was preceded, of course, by the game in Jack with the, against the Jaguars. So people were already starting to look at Ben a little sideways and then the next week they come out and just go, mm, yeah, let's start running the ball a little bit more. And that was that started a run <laughs> for them where they became a little, a lot more run heavy. And now they seem to have found some balance, you know. And they 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 had the the kid receiver, they had that Juju Juju Schuster um, start making the big plays. And now it seems like they're getting it from both parts of the offense, the running and throwing. But early in the season, that that passing attack was just terrible. Yeah, they're one of the teams that I've been saying all year should be much better in the second half because clearly Ben and his targets were not on the same page. Right. So, yeah, and, and so they're, here they come with this little bit of extra. Again, this has got to be clearly a, a, a device, a coaching device. Mike Tomlin is not stupid. He did not say that without the full understanding of what he was saying. I don't think that was false no. bravado or anything like that. Knew exactly what he was and doing. It, it, what was John Fox doing? It, I still want to know that. I'm going to have to remember that one when it comes to – I'm going to have to remember that when it comes to quote of the year. But we, we've got a lot of those. I mean, we've got a lot of – you know, and usually for quote of the year, I go with something completely silly, you know, that, that, but that, that makes no sense, but it, it resonates in a very weird way and it's topical towards the season. And with all the craziness that we've had this year, I'm sure I'm going to be able to mine quite a few ridiculous, ridiculous quotes. But that's right up there. Uh, we don't know what we're doing, pretty much, uh, right there. Dad, that's a good one. 
coach saying that about his own organization. I've never heard that before. I, I still want to hear a quote. I still haven't heard the quote from anybody yet, though, that says Geno Smith. We think Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win. <laughs> all I keep hearing is the what, all I keep hearing is this bull, this more mealy mouth bullshit, like the whole. Well, we got to see what we've got, huh? No, you, you don't. No, you, so it's, you so really it's not don't. About, so what you're telling me is it's not about winning. It's about gouting midseason. What? Who? What? what? I, I, I don't get it. I like. I understand. Like it was the same. That's absolutely fine to me for three and eighteen or one. In, they're not uh, even three and eight. They're one and something. Or uh, two, yeah. What are the Giants anyway? Uh, Two and nine. I'm sorry, not three eight. That's absolutely fine for a two and nine team to say that we're just we're scouting and we're looking to the future. Geno Smith's not the future. That's bullshit. That part of it is bullshit. <laughs> if you had a kid exactly that you had some confidence I mean. in, that's fine. But Geno yeah. Smith is not the answer. It's the yeah, same reason why the, I didn't understand. Style, but uh, well, you know, he's impassioned. But we really do know. Maybe he's a big Geno Smith fan. It's a bucket of shit. He's a big Geno but... Smith fan, I guess. Oh, God, Geno Smith. But, we, yeah, Star Child must, must be new to our show. Not, you know, it hasn't followed the whole, you know, sort of five-year history of the show and, and heard the absolute shredding that we give to Geno Smith every time he steps on the field. Happy to have you as a as a listener, though. Welcome, Star Child. Don't be a stranger. I mean, Appreciate I seem you, to remember man. a co-host. I seem to remember a certain co-host of mine who just who I believe one season just said he was going to pick against Geno Smith every time he started because <laughs> he was that bad. Oh man, he was. Oh, he was. The, the memories of him in that green Jets uniform that was just the the most awful football you could imagine. Just awful. Sometimes, you know, these guys that get drafted, they just they just don't have it. I think Geno Smith just doesn't have it. And if he didn't have it with the Jets, I believe he did. he also play with the Bills? Where else did he go? Oh, he played for somebody else. I know he got snaps with somebody else in between the Jets and where he is now. Um, did he get any start? But or was he, just back it up he might have. He, he, he might have gotten some, like, Injury injury snaps or something, but um, I'm curious about this. The, I'll have to look this. Now I'm on the Geno Smith page. Yeah, I'm, you, you, I beat you to it. Now I'm on the Geno Smith page, and I got to check oh. out. Uh, I hope you don't get a virus or anything from that. 13 through 16, all Jets. So if he was with another organization, he okay. didn't get to throw. Okay, so it must have. It yeah, must now, have been. Maybe I'm thinking that it was. Maybe it was all with the Jets, but maybe somebody, maybe Fitzpatrick didn't play for a little bit, and then he had to come back. There was a, some – I remember he was, like, sort of, like, oustered, but then he had to come back and, like, play at a spot, and it was like, uh-oh, it's Geno Smith. It's all going to go to shit. So, yeah, maybe that's what I was about, thinking. Uh, yeah, you're thinking about October of last year. He came in for uh, Fitzpatrick and tore his ACL. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Oh, okay. Well, good job, Gino. Maybe that's maybe this. Maybe they're just starting him so he gets hurt, and then they'll have him to go to <laughs> Davis Webb. See, I just have a problem. I understand the Giants are dog shit this year, 
and they haven't lived up to any expectations. But if you're going to run your quarterback out of town, I know you're trying to win ball games and it's a business, but you got to at least let him finish out the string on his own terms and then cut bait and be done with them. Playing these other two guys for these last five weeks, this is not going to propel your franchise. It's not going to do anything. It might help your draft status because you probably lose most of these games. Um, but that's about it. And you were going to lose most of these games with Eli anyways. So th- this whole excuse which really feels more like it's more punitive towards Eli, or maybe there's some kind of a power struggle or something. There's something going on behind the scenes that is making them bench this guy. And again, I'm not a big Eli Manning supporter. I think you were, that's well documented on this show. I'm the guy who has the viewpoint that the two-time MVP, you know, Super Bowl MVP quarterback is not a Hall of Famer. That's me who says that. So this is not me right. throwing out my all-and-out support, you know, for Eli Manning. What I am saying is you should at least show and the guy the proper respect. He shouldn't though, but, but show not, him, yeah. show him the proper respect he deserves for what he did for your franchise. Let him keep his streak going. Let him finish the season out. Don't, don't, don't make him go out like a punk like this. You know, that's, I have a problem with that. You don't see good franchises yeah. that, that treat the guys, even though their guys clearly don't have it anymore. And they're just going to bench him it's, and unceremoniously and not even for like a, a high draft pick or somebody that people were clamoring for. I think what really stands out about this move was how out of left field it was. Total shock. And that the yeah, guy right. who's going to start in his place is Geno Smith, who's now just going to be the answer to a trivia question. Yeah. <laughs> The man right. who replaced Eli who started, in New York. Who started the game that snapped Eli Manning's start streak. And, you know, five years from now, we're going to be like, oh, Christ. Who the hell was that? Oh, Geno Smith. And then one of us will go, oh, God, Geno Smith. And that'd be the only reason we ever talk about Geno <laughs> Smith ever again. Is that because Geno Smith yeah. is some, some, some diamond in the rough that we're just waiting to <laughs> polish into shape? Uh, but, but we, we, you remember. You remember back when I was the, the the sole owner and member of the Josh Freeman fan club? I think we had on our air tonight the sole <laughs> contributor and owner of the Geno Smith fan club. I was kind of surprised that he was so passionately saying that we don't know what Geno Smith has offered. Yeah, we do. <laughs> he yeah, we thinks. Do. I mean, I got his... I got it. I got his stats right here. If you if you want to argue that you saw something shine through that maybe doesn't show up on the stat page, then I guess you know I can't really argue with what you see with your eyes. But here's the number. Here's our raw numbers of the four years that Geno Smith was with the Jets. Get a get a brown paper back ready. He played oh, parts of thirty so games with the Jets. Yeah. Oh. He had he had so many opportunities. He played parts of 33 games with the Jets over his four year career, including all 16 in his rookie year. Two plus full seasons. Yep. Okay. Uh, of 2013, uh, never had a, uh, a completion percentage higher than than 64. That was in uh, 2015. That was only on 42 attempts. He completed 27, but uh, the full, first full year, the rookie year of 2013, only 55.8% completion percentage, 
Uh, and that was good at 1942 yards. <laughs> 6.9 yards per pass attempt, 12 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and four lost fumbles because 21 picks weren't enough. Um, and in 2014, he played 14 games, had uh, only a 59.7 completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions was, uh, with three lost fumbles. Uh what do you see there that makes you think that he has more to offer than what he is? He is what he is. He is who we thought he was. Uh, if you want to take the six rushing touchdowns into into consideration his rookie year, that's fine, but he's only had one since then, so I don't know what happened to that. Um, and he just tore his ACL last year, so he, if, even if he had any kind of real speed to talk about, he probably lost that. Uh, there's there's nothing there. He's he's a guy. He's and and he's he's a bad guy at that. He's uh, somewhere between average and below average, but he's not some yeah. diamond in the rough that, that is waiting to be discovered. Yeah, this doesn't reek of a guy that's just been waiting to be discovered, and all he needed was the proper environment to thrive. And I understand what our caller was saying when he brought up Jared Goff. Jared Goff is excelling because they brought like a keen almost you know fresh revolutionary kind of offensive mind to be his coach who's going to be one of these sort of like up-and-coming coaches and who's going to probably be a really good coach for a really long time in this league because look what he just did he turned around Jared Goff in the dog shit LA Rams Ben McAdoo and this giant this underperforming full of quit hashtag full of quit Giants <laughs> team that we have here this isn't the, this isn't this isn't any more talent than he had with the, the the Jets and Eli Manning was the whole reason this team was losing. He's turning around and giving the ball to Orleans Darkwa, and his best receiver is Sterling Shepard. Is that is that it? Hey, that's Orleans Sparkwa to you, buddy. <laughs> Sparkwa. <laughs> My God. If you expect it's going to go any better, like this is the 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 the, the spark that's going to ignite the you know the New York Giants, it, it's not going to happen. And they're going to Oakland, who has been gifted a chance at life in that division again. I don't think Oakland shits this one away. No, I don't either. I wanted to have a reason to take Geno Smith and, and take those yeah. points, especially with Oakland Even missing their, their top two receivers. It with that big matter. number, absolutely. I, I can't take Geno Smith. He, he's, he hasn't shown a reason to. Why would oh, – you know we're talking all this shit about Geno Smith. You know what's going to happen. No, we're going to – he's throwing four touchdowns, and then that guy's going to mm-hmm. call back and just <laughs> hey, let I us have y'all. it. I told you about Geno Smith. I told you what he had up. No, it, it, this could be, you know, Jared Cook and Seth Roberts and Marshawn Lynch can have big games instead. There you go. We both forget that Tom I Coughlin just, is, is running things in New York. And I have read Tom that. Tom Coughlin have a secret was, vendetta against Eli Manning or something? He got him two titles. No, I read that Tom Coughlin was extremely upset at the decision. This is oh, that's all right. I saw McAdoo. that too. That's right. I yeah, saw that too. So who deal. so so does Ben McAdoo have that much respect in this organization that there someone's not gonna walk down there and be like, Yeah, you can't do that. 
What are you thinking? He's the coach. Well, it, it, yeah. he's the coach. So, or is it one of those? Where he's almost there. As you've already almost as you've already said, he's basically daring them to fire him. So, I oh think yeah, that's all like I said, it's, it's it's suicide by cop. Everyone knows that term. Yeah. He's the guy who just—he's he's the guy who just got—you know—he knows—he knows he crossed the line, and nothing's ever going to be better. And he doesn't want to go to prison, so he starts shooting at the cops because he knows they're going to kill him. And that's what Ben McAdoo's doing. Like he fucked up. He knows that he can't get out of trouble, so he's just firing off all the guns now, just hoping that they're going to fire him. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make it till the end of the year after pulling a stunt like this. If they go out to Oakland and lose like forty to nine. Forget he it. He's done. Oakland. He might not be on. The, he might not be on the plane. Him and Geno Smith might stay in Oakland. <laughs> both of y'all stay here. Don't even yeah. get on the plane. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry, guys. We got this. We got this. The plane's overweight. We'll send a cab. We'll send an Uber <laughs> for you guys. The plane doesn't leave till nine this evening. Don't don't show up to the airport until then. All right, guys, ready? Let's go. <laughs> That was about it's 10 more good. minutes than I expected to spend on the Giants tonight. Well, it was a big – it was that and then the whole Mike Tomlin thing, which we kind of covered about, you know, we got 10 minutes apiece in on those. Those were probably the two big news stories since we – that really have sort of gelled, I guess, since we did our last show. When we did the pick show uh, a couple nights ago, uh, this was all just this whole Mike Tomlin thing hadn't really happened that much where it was really starting to catch the steam it has. And then the, the Eli Manning thing, I think it just completely taken us by surprise. It was, it was almost like I a was, stunner. Yeah. My mouth dropped. That was one of those, my mouth dropped yeah. when I saw the headline. What? When I first, Eli when Manning I first saw Gino it say, what? That was where it didn't hit me right away. See, I didn't see a headline that says Eli Manning bets for Geno Smith because then I would have thought it was from like the Onion or something, you know? <laughs> well, someone made that up. Come on. You know, hashtag fake news, right? Hashtag sad. <laughs> hashtag fake news. That's what I would have thought. But then when I see Eli Manning benched, I'm like, okay, I get it. He's been terrible. They're they're really bad. And then I'm thinking, okay, they must have somebody who they really need to get into the game. And then I find out a little bit later, it's Geno Smith. And I was like, no, it, it can't be. Is there a different Geno Smith that they drafted? You know, who's like, it's really, high. nope, it's that Geno Smith. And then nope. I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. None. No, no, zero. no hot shot kid. No first round draft pick. <laughs> nope. Nope. And then I find you, out that Geno Smith is looking at, yeah, they're looking at just starting Geno Smith for a game so that they can get this other guy reps. And I'm like, oh, okay, who's this other guy? Oh, it's this Davis Webb. And by the way, he was kind of shitty in college. <laughs> oh, okay. And then it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this even makes more sense now. Then I realize that Ben <laughs> McAdoo is just a raging idiot, and he's trying to get fired. Yep, pretty much. And that, 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 that going, made, yep, I'm the coach. Yep. I knew what I want to do. I'm the coach. Then it, then it made total sense. The coach, then it comes to find out. I see the article come through today that this this Davis Webb kid, right, has not taken any extra snaps than what he usually takes as the third string quarterback. So it was bullshit. 
So it's not even like they're getting him ready for anything or priming him or splitting some time with him and uh, Geno Smith in practice. It's just complete I... bullshit. Yeah. It, yeah. Ben McAdoo's going to get fired. I actually wouldn't be stunned if Eli Manning is the Giants quarterback next year. Ooh, now that's a hot take. Everyone else seems to think that this is the end of the Eli Manning era. They've been playing sad music like somebody died. No, I think that the organization is going to realize that unless they're going to draft someone, you're still punting on everything. Eli Manning is still under contract, right? He's not a free agent, is he? Don't unless they're just going to cut him. Up next year. I don't think he's up. I know he signed a for you know, like a mega shit ton of money. And it's the NFL, so they might just decide they're going to cut him. But I think that this is something where the coach gets his ass canned and people within that organization like Tom Coughlin and the people who know that Eli has been good to them. And I wouldn't mm. be stunned if they fire the coach somewhat as an almost like an olive branch to, to Eli Manning and say, look, kid, this guy's fucked up. Sorry you broke your streak, but hey, you know. Why don't you come on back? I wouldn't be stunned. And Eli responds with, "Behind now, if he says, well, okay, yeah, you know, victory <laughs> auto wreckers car guy, you know, yep. yeah, all right, you know, just rip the door <laughs> off the car, give me my twenty-two dollars, <laughs> uh, because that's Eli Manning's response to everything. He's just kind of shrug and whatever. Although it looked like he was almost in the verge of tears when were." It's Talk a shrug, but then the arms got to come up from the sides, too. He's got, oh, you know, yep. as soon as you shrug, really? the arms instinctively go up. And kind of like that, and like, kind of like yep. he's doing the Bernie Sanders thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. so that's how Bernie Sanders talks. Every time he talks, it's like he's shrugging and his arms are flailing up from his sides. It's kind of the Eli Manning thing. I think that's just being Jewish. I think everyone does that. That's, I think that's Bernie. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> I, I'm just saying. They all talk like okay. Just, you know. Yeah, you know. Hey, I grew up thinking that all Italian people were hands talkers because of Al Pamonte. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> See, only you and the main, yeah. Like, once again, we just name lost half every our old Chicago like, car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you remember Al Pamonte? All he did was talk with his hands, you know, right in front of you. You can see it right now. Tell me you can't see it right now. Sure, the, the big bushy mustache. Yep. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, just the hand shaking <laughs> as he's talking on every commercial. But I always grew up thinking hey, of Italian people. Most right. of it. <laughs> Hands talkers. <laughs> okay, now who was the dealer with the that they used to sing? That did the rock to buy a baby? The, the rock dealer had a commercial. <laughs> He started every commercial by singing for some unknown reason. I know. I remember the Rockabyer Baby guy. I remember Bob Roarman. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go back to every Chicago dealership and yeah. just name check them all. Yeah. All, oh, man, all the bad commercials. <laughs> yeah, Bob Roarman and Al Pavati and the Rockabyer Baby guy. I remember the commercial now that you said it, but I don't remember who the dealer was. Yeah, some some old white guy with white hair used to open every commercial by singing to you before he tried to peddle yeah. you a, a 78 Toyota sedan or something. 
we're just it, it, i don't know what it is maybe it's the it's this time of year with thanksgiving and the holidays we're just getting nostalgic for old chicago from growing up or you know we're getting old you know you, they say like right before you die you start remembering back to your youth so hopefully <laughs> i was about to say I don't think it has anything to do with the winter. If you listen to all our shows, we're going back to Chicago memories all the time. I think just because we're old. Well, well yeah, that plus, let's see. Let's see. We've known each other for 35 years. That might all have right. part of it to do. A very large chunk of that was growing up in Chicago. Because in the springtime, we start calling back and remembering old baseball memories. We're just old. We remember old stuff because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's that. I, I guess there's that. No, so yeah, but it was those. It was those wonder years, right? It was those formative years growing up. Oh no! I thought you were going to start singing Bob Seger. No. Okay. No, no, no. Flashback to Fred Savage and uh, Danica McKellar and all those guys. How do? Why do I remember her name? I guess someone's had a crush on her. Uh, secret crush. Creepy, uh, creepy Sage Steel style crush. No, I didn't. I, well, I didn't have any chance to research Danica McKellar back in the Wonder Years because we didn't have any internet, and I couldn't instantly call up who Danica McKellar was. But I'm, I'm sure I wondered a lot of times uh, throughout my days, who is that girl that plays Winnie on the Wonder Years, and what is she doing these days? I wonder what she's doing. Every issue of Playboy that got delivered to your doorstep, you were hoping she'd be in there. <laughs> There were there were enough old eighty stars that were in there that uh, that I, I got my I got my fill. I didn't see Danica McKellar. I did see Debbie Gibson. Um, I did see. Uh, you remember Tiffany? I think we're alone now. She did Playboy. Uh, a lot of them wanted to come out and do Playboy. I'm not quite sure why, but I guess to be relevant again. Sure. You're all over that. That that's all you, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know. Playboy, we used to be very popular before they took all the nudies out of the magazine. But they put them back in. You knew that, I think they put them back. Yeah. 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 They realized that, I guess the truth of the matter came out, that nobody actually read Playboy for the articles. No, it it, it was the running joke, but it really wasn't true. (laughs) No, and then they found out the hard way. Right. I'd love to know what their actual numbers went down to after they announced that Playboy yeah, magazine longer will have nude women. Yeah. Like, why are Playboy you without nudity? Here? Do you know what you call Playboy <laughs> without nudity? Maxim. <laughs> There's already a magazine that does that. So why would you move into somebody else's space? Well, did they Perplexing. have women that weren't nude? Did they did they take out pictures altogether? Because if they took pictures out altogether, Playboy without pictures at all. No, is, it, no, it was all, but it was all like you know, it, it, it became from what I understood. Not you, you were more of the aficionado than me, but from what I understood, it became more PG thirteen rated. So it became Maxim. Oh, that yeah, that would be Maxim, right? Just bikinis yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, you see almost everything, anyways, but. You don't have to put it on the top shelf. You know what I mean? Yeah, depending on what house you're in. Right. I don't, do people still buy magazines here. anymore? I mean, do people, I mean, I couldn't tell you the last. I remember being a kid 
especially my sister was really big in the magazines. It was like we, she'd, we'd go grocery shopping, me and my family, my mom and my sister. She'd go spend the whole time in the magazine aisle. And I remember going mm-hmm. in the magazine aisle, and it was like, I remember actually subscribing to, like, you know, video game magazines. This is before you had the internet, when you could just go on a, a website and get all this stuff for free. And do people still do magazines? I don't see magazines anywhere except for barbershops and doctor's offices. I don't see them anywhere I remember nowadays. A few years ago, way back, you know, this is when I first met my wife. I know she had got me, like, a, a Sports Illustrated subscription and and it, it, she kept renewing it for me for a couple of years. I finally was just like, you know, you, you can stop now. I, Don't bother. I mean, it was good to read when I was on the shitter. And it right. was about it, you know. Well, I, I remember in the uh, in the late '90s subscribing to a, a pro wrestling newsletter because that's how big of a fan I was of that. And oh, sure, the internet. The internet had come along recently, you know, three, four, five years before, and I was starting to read some websites, some wrestling websites online here and there, and the moment that I read like two or three lines on a different pro wrestling website that were verbatim out of the newsletter that I was subscribing to, that's when I canceled my subscription to the newsletter. Okay, so I can go online and read the exact same shit for free that I'm paying you to write, and so why would I do that? So that was the end of that. Yeah, I, I think right. I, I, a I lot of you know, Sports Illustrated and stuff like that. A lot of those yeah. subscriptions are are gone because you can go online and read the exact same stuff for free. Well, I remember my ritual used to be going to the to the grocery store when the or Barnes and Nobles or whatever it was, you know, someplace that had the the books and the magazines and getting every year for fantasy purposes, I'd always get the baseball couple fantasy baseball magazines, right? I'd always try to get two or three different ones because you wanted especially, you know, being in the league that we're in, just predating as much research that you could do online where, you know, you're you're looking through all you're looking for those those players, those hidden gems and you're looking through all the dollar values and, you know, you've always kind of got your feeling about a guy, which is probably the best feeling I think you can get as a fantasy player is being right about somebody that nobody else thought would oh, be yeah. anything. Right. I mean, those, those are always like, even in the money league that we're in the best feelings that we always get are when we're on somebody and people are mocking us for taking that guy. And then that guy becomes good. You know, and then it's like, aha, I, 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 it's almost like that's the victory, even beyond the winning or the losing. It was like, you were right about somebody and 11 other players in that league didn't think you were going to, you know, amount to anything. And, and that's when you feel like you've won. So that's what you spend a lot of your time doing and looking for. And you start to pour through magazines until I finally started to realize, like, dudes were on the wrong rosters. Change, you know, right. because you're, you're, you know, it took them so long to accumulate all this stuff that the, the, everything was old. So it never took into yeah. account like a guy who got moved to a different city where you go on online and it's like it's instantaneous. Somebody changes exactly. teams, everything changes. It, it, you know, even like uh, you go on a website, I don't know if you like roster resource or, you know, it used to be uh, the uh, depth chart site. Now it's roster resource or whatever it is and it brings up like, like a guy gets moved and it it's just it's changed and mm-hmm. everything starts to change around and even all the all the prospect things change a guy gets called up the whole thing changes it's like you can get 
right there. I could go on my phone and get like up to the minute stuff. Like a guy gets signed today and it'll be, it could be a minor guy. And all of a sudden, boom, here's how he fits. Here's the 40 man roster. Here's how everything looks. It's like, why am I spending $25, $30 on magazines when I can get all of this for free on my computer? And I am not one of these people that will subscribe to any type of insider thing or, you know, you got to, no, there's so much out there that you don't have to pay a nickel for someone's basically opinion about right. what a, what a projection or something like that is. That's, that's the biggest yeah. lie that's out there is thinking you're going to pay money and get better content. You're not. Yeah. I love Joe Sheehan's writings. He's the, one of the smartest guys writing about baseball, but I'm not going to pay for his newsletter because it's basically I'm paying for someone's blog. I, I don't, I don't feel the need to do that. Exactly. I, like if we all of a sudden monetized our blog, even though it's the same opinions and they're, they're fairly worthless anyways, but yeah. you know. And I had the same experience that you did, but I, I used to buy the Sporting News ba- Fantasy Baseball Preview uh, oh, yeah. subs- uh, uh, edition. That was I felt naked before doing my little online fantasy drafts without that, even though it was on paper and everything was going online. And I just, like everyone else, realize that these projections and, and things are being done. Half these guys are not on the same team that when they printed these projections out. So it really was obsolete. So it's everything's digital. Everything's instantaneous. So that's, you know, you just got to adapt to the times. I keep thinking back to my, my first year in the, in the ad hack league, you know, this, this was the one year I was in it before you joined on by myself all my sheets, I had books, I had magazines, I had, I, I was buried under a pile of papers. And it, it, it was, and I looked, and I, they probably looked around the room like, yep, that's the new guy, that guy right. over there. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I had, I was that so lost, and that whole thing was moving. No, I mean, now we hardly have anything. I was saying we look at the new guys in the league and we Oh yeah, tell. that's what we, yeah, when, when, oh yeah, well, especially when we had the we always talk we talk about about the show whenever we talk about it. We had the team of the three guys that all had laptops that were all mm-hmm. spending so much time talking to each other that they'd miss the auction calls and then they lose out on all the players. Huh? That was what the happened? Best. We we missed our turn. What? Huh? What? Yeah. 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 And they all, all had the laptops. And they're all typing away on their each laptops. One. Each guy. Yeah. Like it's just you know now it's just me and you and a couple sheets and I, I I totally didn't even realize that every year I used to write down on the legal pad every pick who got them and what team you went to and I'm like well that's kind of redundant because I'm already doing that on the master sheet mm-hmm. and I have no reason to ever go back and look at who took who in the fifth round or I, that that's not the kind of stuff I need to study because that's that so means funny. I'm worried more about what other people are doing. I was cleaning off my desk just yesterday and came across the ultra list from this past this past April, yeah. and I'm like, I really don't need this. I keep those. I do keep those. Um, those are fun to look at, but that's all it is. Is it's fun to look at. You're not gleaning yeah. any information from it. So that's what I did. I like, looked oh. at it and oh, 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 interesting. Oh, and then I threw it away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that was a good pick. Oh wow, we're idiots. You know. <laughs> Interesting for us, though, you know, as we start, you know, transitioning out of football and into baseball and eventually fantasy is us sitting on that number one 
ultra pick, which we've never had ever before. This is our first time ever. We finished in fifth place, and we get that number one. For people who don't know this league, that means we get the first pick outside of our auction format. So we get any minor leaguer, any international player, we get the number one pick. It's going to be very interesting having that because we've never had it before. We've never been in that position. Too bad someone took Otani feels- last year. Yeah. yeah, somebody did. But there are guys. I got guys. There's, there's guys. There's good, solid prospects that are available that are that are highly touted prospects um, that will be out there for us. And we can get the pick of what we want. I've never, never had that feeling before. Am I allowed to tell you what I figure is going to happen with that on on the air here? Because I with, think it's I, with the number with one my pick? pick. Yeah. Oh, I, I already have a name in mind. Fairly obvious. It, oh, I already okay. have a name in mind. I mean, if I had to pick it right now, well, what am I giving away? It's the number one pick. Well, that's true, but I, that's not even uh, where I was going. But go ahead. Oh, did you have like a prediction on who I was going to pick, or no? No, I was going to say what I think happens to the number one pick, uh, uh, to the number one ultra pick every year to whoever has it. That don't say they're a bust. Some some ridiculous stud player gets sent to AAA for ten days because he needs some extra quote unquote seasoning, and he falls into the lap oh. of whoever has the number one ultra pick. That does happen sometimes, and sometimes it is just a straight-up minor leaguer. It feels like it happens every year. It does happen a lot. So like, where there's a guy who was owned, yeah, it might have. Where there was a guy who was owned and activated, and then demoted, then needs, and like, so he loses. Him. Yeah, but not even demoted, or he needs just like extended spring training or something, you know? Right. And right. Or they send him to AAA or something. That, that does happen. Yeah, no, I will say that does happen. I mean, um, that if let's say because you know we have uh, like Yoan Mankata, we have him, and he he had a, he earned enough ABs last year, so he lost his rookie eligibility. Well, if he comes up in the spring and he just completely flames out, he could potentially get sent down. Even though I think he's going to be their starting second baseman from day one, I think that's yeah. been pretty clear. But that's an example of what we're talking right. about. So, yeah, that, yeah it could the, happen. My example is the, the it feels like it happens every year, but my example is like the Chris Bryant thing where everyone in the world knew it was ridiculous oh, that he's yeah. getting sent down to AAA before that rookie season he had yeah. for extra seasoning. Uh, and, and I got to take take advantage being here in Memphis. I got to see him as uh, the Iowa Cubs came and played against the yeah. Memphis Redbirds during that first week. Yeah. And we I talked got to about see that him. a lot on the oh, show. Because it, it was so beautiful to watch him work on his swing and – Watch the entire card, uh, Cardinals or Red. They're called the Redbirds down here, the AAA team. To watch them shift him over to to the left side of the infield to the third base side the entire time, uh, and he just calmly flips doubles to the opposite field, no pro- no problem, no big deal, because he was just working on his game. Because he wasn't gonna slug to the, uh, he wasn't gonna pull everything because he could do that yeah. if he wanted to because it's AAA pitching. But he didn't do that because that's not gonna work on his game. He was there to work on his game, and he just. And what he had to do and went about his job and just showed that, that talent that he had. And it was just a wonderful thing to watch. It was actually pretty interesting because you got the insight on a lot of those Cubs players as they were coming up through the system. So you were talking about that, like Addison Russell and Chris oh Bryant. And Javier Baez. Oh. Javier Baez. <laughs> it's 
um, some of those guys just uh, Addison Russell even came back to do rehab this year after he got yeah. hurt. So I, ju- I just saw him again this past August, still a stud, still hitting balls. It feel it felt like 700 feet. He's, he's so damn good. If he ever puts it all together, he can be as, as good as they come still, still has that potential. So many of those guys that are there still have that potential. I still think the Cubs are poised to uh, win another title or two before that whole thing has to break up. They are so good. And people, I think some people don't realize it or, or don't believe it because of how they went out this year, how they started the season so slowly and wound up going down uh, to the Dodgers in five or however many games that was. And they don't yeah, want to pay attention to, to, to how great they were in between the, the slow start and in, in, in between what the Dodgers did, they were still awesome, even with all of that. And they're ready to put it back together and, and give it another try next year. They're still great. Now, I'm sure I feel I would feel that way about if I saw the Astros come in and saw all that talent, which they are in the same uh, Pacific Coast League, the Astros, uh, the, the Houston AAA, uh, oh, God. Is that Round Rock? That's Texas. Um Okay, and and the the problem is a lot of these teams changed in the in the past two years. They just they, they, yeah. I don't I don't have any idea what the what the deal is, but like a lot of these organizations just up and switched. It's like they just did decided yeah, to I do ring around the posy. I don't know either. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, the, the Dodgers Triple A was was Albuquerque for so many years, and they just uh, up and switched, and now it's Fresno. Fresno. Is that the uh, the is that Houston now? It's Fresno, the, the Fresno Houston, Grizzlies. It says yeah, Houston, Fresno Grizzlies. Jeez, okay, yeah. I, so Fresno doesn't come in uh, all the time. It's uh, those California teams in the Pacific Coast League. They don't come in every year. Some of them come in every two years or even every three years. Uh, those it's, teams oh, out west. This is what's this is what's awesome. So you go back to 2010. It was Round Rock. Mm-hmm. And I think what's and funny is it was, it was round, yeah. this is what I think is really funny is it was Round Rock in 2005, which means I was probably getting my information from MLB 05 or MVP Baseball. <laughs> there you go. The, the the PlayStation video game, another sort of yeah. learning tool. Which had which was one of the first games I ever remembered having that had minor leagues. It had double A and triple A. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Right there for you to learn. And then, and, and, yeah. But don't learn them too hard because they'll just switch on you for no reason all of a sudden. I don't get this. I'm looking at this right now. I'm just looking at the Houston Astros minor league affiliates, and this is going back. It, it, it's changed more times than I can count. Yeah. They actually had a team in Memphis back in 1976. How about that? The Memphis Chicks. They, I don't know if that was... Was that the Chicks Wait. back in 76? I think so. No, it was the Memphis Blues. Never heard of them. Oh my God. I remember the Memphis Chicks because when I was growing up, you know, and spending my time a couple hours outside of Memphis, uh, that was the Memphis Chicks. That was big in the 80s. Big. Oh, yeah. So the Blues were before the Chicks. Yeah. And now it's the Redbirds. Wow. It's been the Memphis Redbirds. I can't imagine the Cardinals not being the uh, the, the parent 
team here because we're they're they're so Redbird uh, centric. They're so Cardinals centric here. Yeah. Memphis and St. Louis almost feel like sister cities. They're they're so intertwined. So, uh, but these things change. I really don't know why. It was so perfect for Colorado's AAA affiliate to be Colorado Springs for all those years. Yeah. They're, they 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 Absolutely. just changed a couple of years ago for for whatever reason. <laughs> Well, like you had the Iowa you know, Colorado Cubs, Springs, I right? think, is the affiliate for uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers or something like that. I was like, what? Huh? What? Oh. D- do not understand it. The yeah, Las like, Vegas. Like, see, I look team, at the Cubs. This is awesome. Like I look at the Cubs, their AAA affiliate, Iowa, has been the same since 1981. <laughs> and you can't imagine them being anyone else but the Iowa Cubs. Well, yeah, I, I, I never really, even though it was in 1980, and like when I was, we, we were like little tiny kids and we were born, it was Wichita, but do, do any of, either one of us have any memories of the Cubs having a Wichita AAA affiliate? No. No. We remember <laughs> the Iowa Cubs and that's it. Right. And then your double A was in Jack, was it Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee, I think. Um, Which they switched. Was when it, um was was it was West Tennessee for a long time, and now it just says Tennessee. I'm curious where this is. Um, oh, it doesn't tell me where they I play. Should, well, ain't, ain't I, I, I should know all of these uh, Tennessee teams because I was kind of looking. There's really nothing near Memphis. Jackson is the closest. That's two hours away, or no, not two hours. But yeah. Hour, hour fifteen. Um, yeah, Jackson. There's nothing. It was not that far. That. No, yeah, yeah this is only about an hour. Uh, trip, but you know, Tennessee, I think that's uh, out near the Smokies. So, oh, okay, you know, nowhere, nowhere near here. Um, yeah, and of course, Nashville has a has a team, and that's three hours from here. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm geographically, I know all the teams that are close to here because I, you know, like to be available to work other games and make more money, but there's really nothing close to Memphis. Like I said, Jackson is is the closest. Little Rock is two hours to the west. Um, uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, I think is, is a couple hours down south, maybe maybe three hours. So there's really nothing close uh, to, to over here. All those Tennessee teams, uh, they're all out west. They're all near uh, Knoxville and stuff. Yeah, well, so you get a little minor league baseball talk on the show today. You get a little everything with us. We're sprayed all fields. Another baseball term. See what I did there? Yeah, I see. I do see that. I'm, I'm just. I'm. Ex, I'm just excited for the fact that my my long run of of uh, work is is finally slowly coming to an end here. So I've actually got a nice long stretch of of not working that I'm beginning right now, which is which is a little mini vacation. Not not all one solid vacation, but I'm actually be getting a nice nice long stretch uh, here. We're in like the next eleven days. I only work three of them, which is going to be really nice. Yeah, it sounds really nice. Um, it does. I got uh, it does. I work tomorrow and Sunday off, which is my version of a mini vacation. <laughs> oh wow, a weekend, an actual weekend yeah. off. I'm off tomorrow too, and that's actually. sort of like I said. That's why we're doing the show tonight. Um, yeah. My wife, my wife wanted some some husband time. All righty then. <laughs> and tomorrow during the day, I get some kid time. There you go. That, that's always great as well. 
Yeah, husband and wife time. She is sick of the dog. So, oh, looks like uh, yeah, looks like my weekend is going to be taking care of the misses, unfortunately. Well, you know, but that's good. That, that that it's good that you'll be home. You can kind of, you know, get her some soup and. Yeah, did that yesterday. Stupid sandwich. Yeah, there you go. See, do your husbandly duties and make your wife feel better. Yeah, I know. I'd rather spend time with her when she's healthy. You know what I mean? I don't want to. All right, I got no, a weekend like, off. No, what no, I know. Do? Oh, yeah. Let me go fetch you some. I'm gonna get you some more Kleenex. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm gonna run to Walgreens and get you some more hauls. <laughs> I'm sure that's coming tomorrow too. Yeah, you you, you got it all planned out. I figured. I trust me. I gotta gotta go get you some Sprite. <laughs> Or 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 the yeah. stars and stripes equivalent of it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll buy the sprite as long as it's on sale. I'm not paying two dollars for a bottle of soda, which is what they'll charge at the Walgreens down here. I, I, I don't know if that's or, or, or the or knockoff soda. You know, it's like Sierra Thunder. <laughs> oh, or that, yeah, the Walmart Thunder. brands and Remember stuff. Dr. Thunder? Dr. Thunder. Remember Dr. Yeah. Thunder? Yeah, it was basically just straight up knockoff Dr. Pepper, but they called it Dr. Thunder. Uh, well, what was the knockoff Mountain Dew? Because I thought that was Doctor Thunder or Mountain Thunder. Or something no, like Doctor Thunder. Doctor Thunder was the ripoff Doctor Pepper, and there was yeah, there was another one that was the ripoff Mountain Dew. We always used to make jokes about it, you know, because it was just yeah. so, you know, you know, <laughs> like Hill Mist or something like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it was like let's just take the closest possible knockoff, you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. we're not going to go get Dr. Pepper. I'm going to go get Nurse Salt. <laughs> that it wasn't Volcano something or other, the, the Mountain Dew uh, ripoff? Volcano Rain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm making somebody money now, throwing out free ideas. Yeah. Volcano Rain for your Mountain Dew. Volcano, ooh, that's, yeah, ooh, that sounds like, yeah. Sounds like the I name of a professional rock Volcano Rain. <laughs> Now on the main stage, give it up for Volcano Rain. Yeah, see, there you go. Oh man, yeah. our hour's almost up. How about that? That was truly we once always, again kings of non sequitur. Always seem to make it that that full hour, don't we? We got. I wonder what we're going to talk about, and then I look up, we're getting sniped. <laughs> happens all the time. I mean, yeah, so. Uh, Tuesday, uh, perfect for the recap show, but then we have to look, I'm thinking we're looking at Thursday, uh, for the pick show this week. So fair warning. Oh, fair warning. There you go. Your entire weekend will be, uh, taken up next weekend. Okay. It is, it is entirely spoken for, uh, by, by children and fun festivities. Yeah. We have been warned. So there we go. I'll, I'll I'll be ready. I'll have my my pigs ready on Thursday evening. Uh, to, yeah. Uh, Nothing that we haven't done before. <laughs> we we it'll it'll be a special Thursday night edition of our Saturday pick show. <laughs> yes. Got to keep that branding going. That's right. Jeez, <laughs> I, I know we've ripped that a new one on the show many times, but I still can't get over that every time I see uh, an NFL game on a Saturday and they call it a special. Saturday edition of Thursday night football. And I'm just like, oh, 
It's almost as silly as really? Dr. Thunder. Dr. Thunder. It was, that Dr. Thunder, people, that's a real thing. Yeah, not, not Dr. Johnny Fever. That's different. Dr. Thunder. Wow, we're doing a little WKRP in Cincinnati here. My guy. Oh, okay. Any any fictional Doc, character on Dr. TV? Johnny Fever I, and, I Dr. Johnny Fever and Dan, Dan Fielding. Fielding. Me, Dan Fielding, I was still living in the fantasy world. <laughs> uh, oh, if, this, if your life was a fantasy, <laughs> you'd, you'd be Dan Fielding? Is that who you'd be? Of course. Who wouldn't want to be Dan Fielding? He was the man. <laughs> he was the man. Do you uh, want to? I, I, I always ask you this. You always go, well, I, I don't really know any of these songs, but did you want to pick any of the outro song uh, tonight since you're the host? Oh, sure. Since I'm calling into the, since I'm calling into the line, I'll, I'll play us out here and oh, wait, let me find something here. And Okay. Uh, oh, sure. We, we got, got it. So options. Yeah, you got a few on here. I don't know where you where do you find all these. I just sit there and think about four or five songs at a time and go, those would be great outro songs. You got to have a long beginning with with not a lot of words, and they just come come into my head. Oh, songs that so these are like songs that you actually know. Yeah, they they're all pretty much my musical taste. Okay. So yeah, I definitely know all of them. Oh, okay. So I can like download. I should be downloading shits for outro music. Boom. There's something I can do. Look for some audio files and get us the hell out of here. All right. So we'll be back on Tuesday then at 9 p.m. Well, I should be around. I'll be around. I don't have to work that day. So 9 p.m. should work if that works for you. Central time, 10 p.m. Eastern. For our guy. uh... Yes. Our guy oh, yeah. in Detroit. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't, have, you don't have to tell me that. I know that. Okay. No, so for any other... We Dar- got a new listener. Darshine. I forgot his name. Darshine. <laughs> what was it? Mother, mothership. Mothership. <laughs> no, he had a name. Mothership, like, Starfish. Like, I, I, was, I forgot his name. I thought it was Mothership, like Parliament Funkadelic. I have to go back and listen. <laughs> no, it was Star something. Oh, maybe All right, we're out of here. We appreciate you, whoever you are. Yeah. All right, we're gone. We'll see you Thursday night. Did much less detail the podcast.